Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today I'm joined with Vicki Button. She is a near-death experiencer. This is her second time on my show. I tell you guys, she is amazing. Welcome to the show, Vicki. Hi, how are you? I am doing so well. Good to hear your voice. You're all the way in Australia. We are having internet issues right now. So guys, bear with us. Uh, so <laughs> so Vicki, because I have a lot of new listeners, let's talk about what happened to you on your near-death experience, and then we'll go from there. Sure. So for most of my life, I have been doing clairvoyant type work, visualizing, seeing into the future, thinking I could understand what it was like to die. I had, you know, seen documentaries, I had read books, I had listened to interviews and came up with my perception of what I felt like it was to die, like what it was to be a spirit. Mm -hmm. And then in 2020, I had a medical episode which caused an anaphylaxis reaction. So I stopped breathing and I left my body. And this is a good question because I've heard people say, how can it be a near-death experience because you didn't actually die? There has to still be something Right. in your body that's keeping you, you know, keeping your human self here. But it's like, well, I was breathing with machines, so my body was definitely not functioning. I didn't feel myself rise out or anything. One minute I was just out of my body. Wow. I didn't think to myself, oh, I'm dead. I didn't have that thought. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like that. It just it feels like you just transition into a different energy field. Wow. But you know you're not in that physical body. So when you left your body, and you say you don't really feel any different, you may have felt different, like you've probably felt a lot better. (laughs) But did you? Yeah, but did you feel like you were more disconnected? Or did you just feel like, no, I'm just in the room with everyone. But now I know what everybody thinks and what why they're here and everything about their yeah I was connected to the body that I have inhibited in this lifetime, Mm -hmm. but also connected to every other living person and connected to every other non-living person. That's crazy. Wow. It's really hard for our brains to fathom what it actually feels like, but you are connected to everything. Yeah, because you said, I knew the doctor that was working on me. I knew his name. I knew why he was a doctor. I knew he had a family. I mean, you knew all the stuff about him. You knew about the nurse that worked with you. And then I was just, and you know, it's funny because I've had other near-death experiencers tell me, they say, you know what, when I died or when I, you know, when I was on the other side, it's like every single thing was answered. Every question that I would have had about the universe and why we're here and everything, it all just becomes part of you and there's no question. But then when you come back, you don't remember it because I guess you're not supposed to. Is that kind of how you felt? Yes, exactly. Okay. You know, I like I was just next to the doctor, never met the man before in my life. And I knew everything about him, how he felt, why he chose things. It's you can't fathom how you could have a whole lifetime because he would have been maybe in his 50s. So he's got 50 years of information of this lifetime, but I knew it, I could access it all. Wow. And the same with the nurse. Yeah. Oh, but there is no judgment. As a person, a human, if I was to look at another person's life, I can form a judgment and a perception of why I think they are like they are. Mm-hmm. But when you are out of your body and as a spiritual energy, a soul, there is none of that judgment. It's just a knowing. Do you think that that's because your ego's gone and that judgment's gone and it's all about just pure love 
and pure understand. Yeah. Okay. But also you have like five boys, you have five sons and they're all there and you like know every single little thing they're thinking. Is that right too? Yes, it's like a, um, I've actually processed this a bit since that, you know, yeah. how you think about how when you go through an experience, you think you want to ask questions like, well, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. When my sons have a thought, they were thinking about the situation that I was in and that thought has an emotion attached to it. It might be an emotion of fear, um, you know, worry, sadness, anxiety, something like that because of what I was going through and that frequency is what projects out of them. And that's what I was picking up, their frequency. Okay. So, well, Vicki, were you like, okay, you said you're kind of still connected to your body. I've heard of silver cords or whatever that you're still connected. Did you kind of see something like that? What, what did it look like? Did things look the same? No, it's, it's very, very hard to explain because it's not like you're looking with your physical eyes, but you still know that there is things there. But as I was moving, I felt like I was just moving through things. Oh, because I didn't know if things like auras looked different or something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, or if colors were different yeah. or the rooms the were. Colors, yeah. Oh, the, co- the colors were over there were amazing. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Wow. It's the intensity of the colors is incredible. So, so when you died, did you go on after that and go to the, I know you went to the Hall of Knowledge. So tell me about that. Did that happen right away or did you go further in? So after I'd moved from the doctor, Mm -hmm. the first thing was seeing the doctor and then knowing he was working on my body, Mm -hmm. then seeing the nurse. And then I turned and I saw this figure who I just felt familiar to. I don't know if it was a guide of mine. I don't know if it was, I don't particularly know, but I didn't need to know either. I was so trusting that I just followed. It was a male and I followed him down this hallway. Now, some people go down a tunnel of light. I went down a hallway, which was a light feeling. Mm -hmm. And then on the way, he was taking me somewhere. And on the way to where we were going, I looked to the left. And all on my left side were every single person I had ever known in this lifetime that had died. Oh, wow. They were all there. And it was my mom and it was my relatives and grandparents and people I knew from school that had passed and people I, you know, just people I've crossed paths with in this lifetime. They were all there. And I was so excited. Like I was so excited that they were there and I, I wanted to go over to them all. And yeah. the guide that was in front of me said, no, not now. I wasn't allowed to go oh, okay. because I feel like it, this wasn't my time. So yeah. I wasn't allowed to go to the reunion. And so you knew, you knew it wasn't your time to go. You knew this was very temporary from what you just said, correct? Okay. Yeah. Um, Then he took me to a room and it's like, you think you're in a room, but there's this vastness that's Mm -hmm. never ending, but you think you're in a room, but Mm -hmm. it's not really a room because there's no walls, Mm -hmm. but you feel like you're, I don't know it's hard to explain, but you just feel like you're in a space maybe. And it was lined with books. You could look at a book. So let's say there was a book there that said Leslie Fear. Yeah. And I could look at that book and know everything about you. Wow. I mean, it's just I crazy. could know yeah, all that you've been through in your life and why you've been through it and what your soul was learning. Mm. It's all there. It's it's like a computer chip that holds all the information. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I feel like that's a great analogy. It's like source or God is the big computer in the sky and we're all the little chips gathering information, you know, and, and putting it all in there. Yeah, in that room. And after I learned about these records of every single existence, mm-hmm. I also 
at the time I was just standing there and I knew that he, this spirit was giving me a lot of downloaded information, but I also don't recall it. When I came back into my body and came back into this existence, I didn't recall what he gave me. But that was three years ago now. And over that three years, things are unfolding in my life where the information is now feeding through me. It's coming in stages. And that's another reason I wanted to have you back on because I've talked to other near-death experiencers who say, but things have changed and I've learned more about them. And that's why sometimes it's good to have you guys back so you can explain more of the things maybe you didn't understand before. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand a lot when I first came, when I first came back, I was so depressed. I did not want to be back here. That feeling over there is so beautiful, so loving. I just, I missed it. I really missed yeah, it. And yeah. it's, I struggled big time for quite a while coming back here. Mm, but then I realized I had a lot to share and I have a lot more to teach. And that's why I'm back here. And, you know, and I've talked to other near-death experiencers who say, I didn't want to come back and the other side's more real than here. And the same thing happened to you. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just beautiful. It is so beautiful. And, you know, there's no fear. Yeah. So uh, when I finished in that room, I suddenly found myself back hovering just above my physical body. Mm. And I'm not sure how I got there. Like it's like this lightning speed thing. But I was hovering and I wasn't fully in my physical body. I was just above it okay. on the hospital bed. And that's when I felt four different screens come in, one to the left, one to the right, one in front of me and one behind me. And they looked like television screens. And they were full of colour, lots of colours. And they were going into my body and realigning my chakra points. So this was what the other side was doing. This had nothing to do with what the doctors were doing. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't what doctors were doing. Because I could see in that moment when I was floating above, Mm -hmm. I could see both the physical world and the spiritual world at exactly the same time. Wow. And they were both working on me so that I could see the physical doctors Mm -hmm. putting like, they had a thing on my thumb that was testing my air consumption. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and my pulse and... Mm -hmm. Um, I could see them doing that, and I could also, while I was floating, I could see the spirit world doing the colours into my chakra system. So I was getting worked on on physical and non-physical at the same time. Wow. So that's a thing with the colours and the chakras and the auras, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. We definitely need to do that work while we're in our physical bodies. It is so helpful to do that chakra balancing for ourselves. Okay. A lot of times, and I don't know if you know this, but and I don't think I've told you this, but sometimes I'll say, because I've heard this from other people that I've interviewed, they say, just go to the healing temple and just imagine you go there at night. And I do that sometimes. I'll just say, okay, mom, you know, my mom helps me just go to the healing temple. And I try to imagine it. And I do it often, uh, maybe a once, once or twice a week. And I just say, you know, whatever's on me get it off or take all the negativity away or whatever and it seems to help yes your higher self reminding you to to balance both the physical and the non-physical gotcha so you were hovering over the bed with the four screens and then what happened then i the last thing i remember about being in that physical in the non-physical place was all those colors coming into my body and then there was this split second I was back in my physical body. I didn't feel a thump. I didn't feel myself go in. I was just there. I opened my eyes. I heard a nurse calling my name. I opened my eyes and I looked at her and I said, did you see the colours? (laughs) 
<laughs> she said, no, dear. No, dear, I didn't see any colours. And I said, I want to go back to the colours. Can I go back? Oh, my gosh. And they're like, she's nuts. And what's funny is, they, I don't know how many nurses or doctors took you seriously, but they all think you're just crazy. And they think, oh, it's just the medicine. And it's not. This has nothing to do with that. Yeah, they like, will always put it down to it might be medication or your, you know, you're just the experience you've been through. But no, it is so real. Yeah. And then I was just, yeah, then I was fully back in my physical body and very dazed for for the whole day. I was just laying there, like trying to process where, what, what yeah. just happened. Yeah. So you said you were in a depression for a while, but now you look at it differently. Why is it, so you, did you learn something more that you didn't know then when you first came out? Yes. Yes. I always, because you know how we get taught things by different people growing up and we have a belief system. Yeah. I was always taught that God would judge us mm-hmm. when we passed. We had to answer to, to a God of some sort mm-hmm. as into the life that we lived. And I discovered that we actually have to do that to ourselves. Right. We, we do a, like a life review where we look and say, well, how did I handle that situation? Was I kind to that other person? Was I kind to myself? Did I learn from that? It's not a judgment from God because God doesn't judge. There is a God source. There is an energy that's very powerful, but that doesn't make a judgment. We do that ourselves. Right. Because, you know, as Dolores Cannon says, this is just a play. You know, this is not, this is not real. I mean, it is real for us physically, but it's really not real for the other side. And I know that sounds so woo woo, but I do think that's true because um, I do believe I don't care who you are or what you did. We all go back to source. It doesn't really matter, does it? Yes, we all go back there Mm -hmm. and we go back to different levels. We, We are also on different levels of our consciousness. There's lower levels and there's higher levels. So depending on the life that you lived, it depends on to the level you go back to as well. Well, let me ask you this, Vicky. on those lower levels, and I'm thinking more of the Dahmers or the Hitlers or whatever, they probably experienced a lot of the trauma they caused, but do they learn? Do they go to school? Do they try to heal there? What do they do there? I believe that's why we come back here. Okay. Okay. So I believe, so in Hitler's case, he would have had to analyze the pain he caused Mm -hmm. because I have learned that you feel the pain that you cause other people. You have to go through the, the experience of what you did to somebody else so that you understand what they felt. Right. Now, in his case, he could have had to go through. Like, that's when you say you're in hell yeah. because the, the pain that he would have had to have felt of what he caused others would have been his hell. Mm, no, and I believe then that he has to come back and come back and come back and come back and come back, and that's his karma. So every time he comes back, is he going to be murdered? Every life he comes back, is he going to be murdered? Is he going to be punished? Is he going to have the hardest life ever? Mm, yeah. You wonder about that because I'm thinking, you know, yeah, you can't get away from karma. And you even talked about that on a video. You said, you know, sometimes karma, we can work it out here. Like you were telling on your video, I would do something stupid when I was a kid, like say something mean to somebody. And then right away, something bad would happen to me. It seemed like it happened every time. And then that's your karma here. But it doesn't always happen like this there. Sometimes you have to live it out year after year after year. And I just interviewed someone who said Hitler wasn't supposed to do what he did, but he ended up doing it because we have free will. So he's going to have to come up. All the people that he ended up okaying to murder the Jews, he's going to have to come back all those lifetimes, do you think? Yes. And I often think he has to come back 
and be in a life with a soul that he affected in that life. Oh. So let's say let's say I was alive in Hitler time and Hitler, you know, murdered me. Yeah. In another life when that soul comes back into an is he in my life now, you know, like they come into your life now and that's where the lesson is learnt. Right. All right, so again, we have the free will. We don't have to learn our lessons. We can choose not to, but then we have to repeat them. Exactly. And I wondered, though, because he did it so many times, can Source allow you to learn it through maybe 10 lifetimes and then really learn your lesson and then maybe you can grow and evolve and be better and do better for the world and, and kind of skip doing it a million times? Can you do that? I heard one, I don't know if he was a medium, but I heard him say that he believed we only had 15 times back here. Oh, I don't know about but that. But yeah. I'm not sure. No, well, I, I think there's more. I think no. there's a lot more. Yeah, No, I think there's a lot more. And I absolutely think we have a lot more lives here. But I'm just saying, if you've done something really bad and you have to fill out that karma, do you have to come back the however many millions of people he killed times? Or can you experience, you know. It would depend know. on what he did. Yeah. It would depend on what he did in the next lifetime and the next lifetime. He might have been somebody that helped, you know, hundreds of people and did the exact opposite. Okay. No, that, okay. I didn't think about that. Absolutely. That makes so much sense. Okay. Wow. Isn't this amazing? So what was your biggest lesson when you came back? I know you were depressed, but you got over that and you were, of course, with your family again. And I know that was very helpful and joyful for you. But what happened after that? Well, I think as time unfolded and I started to get out of that depression, it was more like to totally appreciate that every time I have been through something in this lifetime, I was gifting my soul the growth it needed. Mm. Now, before that, I would look at a problem in my life and get frustrated Mm -hmm. or I would get sort of angry at other people or like, why isn't life going my way? I really want things to go my way. I was more of a human ego type that was trying to force my life to be a certain way. After that experience, whenever something difficult happens, I would then go, I'm allowing my soul the lesson that it wanted to go through. The experience that my soul chose, I'm allowing it. And then the problem wasn't even a problem anymore. That is amazing. And see, I wish people could get that. That's profound. That is profound, Vicki. Because, you know, if you can really just embrace the good and the bad that comes your way, and don't think of it as necessarily a bad thing when they are negative, and you say, you know what, I'm allowing this to happen, just like you said, wow, that's profound. Oh, and I was going to ask you this too. I know you've had experiences with aliens, and I have heard that aliens, they're all around us. I've heard that from many people, but that I, I've heard this, and I don't know if this is true. It's, it seems to ring true for me that most of them are good. I'm sure there are bad ones. They don't have the ability to get here. I don't think they have the technology because they're on a different frequency, the whole thing. But the good ones that are here to help us, I hear they help us in the way that they keep us, like people like you and I, like light workers that want to share knowledge, uh, spread awareness, all that. They try to help us and heal us and keep us here. And I think that's one reason why you came back. So you could help so many people. Do you think that's why they visited you? Yeah. And it's funny because I've had three experiences. The first one was way, way back late 1980s. But the second two experiences happened after my near-death experience. And I feel like it's because after the near-death experience, I'm in a higher vibration. I understand a lot more. Mm. And because I'm in that level, they came to me. I'll talk about the second two that happened in this house because the one when I I was laying in bed, 
and in the middle of the night, I get this happens a lot. I get woken up by guides. They give me information while I'm asleep, but I get woken up very clearly awake. Okay. I grab a pen and paper and I write down a message or I write down a vision. Okay. But this particular night, I sat up and at the end of my bed was. Now, at the time, I didn't think it was an alien. I thought it was a huge guide. Okay. I didn't feel like, oh, there's an alien. It, but even though it didn't look <laughs> right. human and it didn't look angelic, yeah. it was weird looking. It had this, it was from my ceilings, a seven foot in this house, and it was from the ceiling to the floor mm. in height. Mm-hmm. I knew it was a female. I wanted to call her a priestess. I knew she had some form of authority. Mm. And she had this headdress on, a long egg-shaped head. She had a very long head. But there was also this headdress, which could have been the headdress was that shape, you know, like a big crown going up, like a, you know, look what a bishop wears, you know, like those kind of... Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that kind of headdress was on her head. And I felt very, very calm. I had no fear. I knew she was giving me some information. Now, I think I'm somebody that guides give me information to download it goes straight through my ego head mm-hmm. and into my subconscious so that I can use it later okay. because I'm a questioner you know sure. I'm a thinker and I will overthink things mm-hmm. and they don't want me to do that they want me to just take the information and stop asking questions so <laughs> that's why they always give me stuff when I'm asleep <laughs> Because if they did it when I'm fully awake at lunchtime, I'm like, but why? You know, but why? (laughs) So I felt like she was a guide. Okay. But later, now that I've heard of all these other people seeing aliens that are seven to eight feet tall, I'm thinking, oh, maybe they are aliens. But the energy I was getting from her was friendly, like helpful, like it was good. It was very, very good. What was she here for? Do you know why she wanted to communicate with you? Um, I think... So as I said, they give me downloads and I think they help me with where we're going. Mm. So when I get predictions about where we are heading as a people, Ah. I kind of feel like that information is in there. That She's helped me to understand where we are heading. Gotcha. Yeah, because you are very big on predictions now and maybe they kind of reinforce that and help you with those. And maybe because they come at night, your subconscious, you're right, it doesn't ask questions, but it also, you retain it better. Maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah. And then the second time in this house, it was in the middle of the day. I wasn't asleep. I was cooking in my kitchen and I looked up and I saw about seven blue. I just call them the blue people because they appeared to me, but I felt them for a long time. I felt them, but this time they actually appeared. Wow. In my kitchen, just in front of the cupboard. (laughs) You could see through them. (laughs) Um, again, I had no fear. Yeah. Um, they don't have clothing. They are just a blue transparent body shape uh-huh. with eyes. And they communicate through thought. Do you know what they were communicating? Was it just, hey, we're here, let everybody know, they don't have to fear us? Is that what it was? Or Yep, don't have to fear them at all. Okay. No, there's no fear. Um, and they, I'm not really sure. I know they were communicating with me at the time, mm-hmm. like telepathy. Yeah. But I still can't recall what that was. But I feel like it's coming. Mm. I feel like there's something, I right at this moment in my life, I feel like there is something brewing within me that I'm going to another stage. Mm. And what they have taught me will be there when I need it. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, now, how long was that experience? Oh, 
You know, have you ever daydreamed yeah. and you don't know how long you've daydreamed for? Yeah. That, that's, that's all I can put with the timing. I have no idea. It could have been five seconds. It could have been one minute. Mm. It, I just feel like I was in a space. I feel like they have the power when they communicate with us like that to make us go into that daydream state. They do something to our brain so that we don't have fear, so yeah. that we just accept right yeah do things to my brain i i need the i need the relaxation <laughs> because i'm like you i'm questioning everything i mean i would be like what's going on why are you here how did you get here how hard is it to get here how long have you been here i'd be asking all these questions and they're like just slow down cowgirl okay let's just calm down it's funny that they can just kind of put you in a little trance kind of state something off to <laughs> switch off that question button <laughs> Which to me also explains why a lot of people see them and scream and have a lot of fear because if you feel like you're going to lose control, mm. most people panic. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you're somebody that's already meditating and already in a very open mind that allows mm -hmm. things, I will allow an alien to turn off my – Do so, they can do whatever they want to do in my brain yeah. because I don't fear them. Whereas somebody else sees them and, and instantly feels like they're going to do something to me. They're going to brainwash me. You know, they're going to do something. And then they right. scream and panic. And Well, and yeah. you know, we've been taught all our lives, you know, to fear something that you don't know what it is or whatever. And, you know, my thing is, too, I think one of the reasons we're hearing a lot more alien talk, some people are kind of seeing him more, especially the sightings that we're having. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm wondering if they're doing this so that people can spread the word. We don't have to be afraid of these aliens, you know? Exactly. And look how now from the 1980s to now how further along we are with psychics and yeah. you know channelers and people that can see things that was like back then everyone was laughing at us yeah and now it's everyone's doing it we are more conscious people so it's obvious that the aliens now feel like it's a good time to communicate with us because there's less fear there's exactly. more people that are open-minded. I absolutely agree. I think there's probably some progress to be made with that. But I do think uh, one of the guys I interviewed said, you know, within the next 20 years, another guy said around the same time. So maybe in your or my lifetime. Yeah, we'll see them in the next 20 years. I think so too. One thing that I do fear, though, the governments can manipulate with holograms to make us think we're seeing something in the sky that we're not. Oh, there could be this fake alien disclosure encounter or whatever. And I don't know about that. Maybe that's a conspiracy theory. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. But you wonder because from what I understand, if we would just embrace like the Bob Lazar guy, he was telling everybody, if we would just embrace their technology, they will help us. And they'll give us technology to where we don't have to use cars as much. We don't have to starve. We can have free energy. And the earth would go non-polluted within like a matter of years. And why wouldn't we want that technology? But it's all about money. And it's all about control. Totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. But I do believe there. I feel my instinct is telling me there's going to be some form of manipulation around us believing mm. what we're seeing and I feel connected to different aliens like my lady that was at the end of the bed she feels like a guide connection to me I don't want to call her an alien even though she was big okay. I feel like I can go back to her if I need to find her mm -hmm. and ask her or connect with her I can still do that and and she's kind of not a warning but kind of just be cautious about what we're being shown and go with our own gut instinct okay. because there does feel like to be People have been through experience, you know, millions of people have seen aliens or experienced something they can't explain right. for people to trust in that because their own experience is correct. Not when someone else has to show it to you. Exactly. And I do think that 
because there's so many more people like you and I trying to spread this awareness, whether you're on a podcast or you're doing some kind of TikTok video or on Instagram or whatever, I'm hoping we're getting the messages across because people think, oh, this is so woo-woo. And I think to a point, yeah, it's woo-woo. It's out there. I get it. Because, you know, it's mostly about politics in this physical world. And it's about making everybody think you have this beautiful life and money and, and what kind of car you have and what kind of beautiful clothes do you have. But I'm connected. I'm connected to source energy. I know I am. And I think all of us are whether they want to believe it or not, because we're all a collective. And I even think aliens, even though they are aliens, we're all connected to them too. Yes. And don't you know that once you step out of that ego self, out of that way of looking at life, and then you become, when you feel that connection again, you can't go back to the way you were. And it's so obvious. Yes. You know, you look at your life and you go, oh, how did I get so caught up in, you know, the ego life? How did I do that when you're out of it? It's so obvious. It is. And when you're younger, you know, you're trying to compete with people and you're trying to have the best things and you're trying to do. And that's just immaturity. And that's but that's everybody has to go through that. And that's just growing up. Right. But when you get to our age, because I think you and I were about the same age, I may be a tiny bit younger, but not much. And when you get to our age, I don't care anymore. I mean, uh, I'm very comfortable in my life. We have plenty of, of bountiful things in our life. I drive a 10-year-old SUV. I don't care. You know what I mean? We might just move out to the country house and move out there. And, and the house is not nearly as big as this house. You know what? It's plenty big for me. And it's fine. Yeah. I don't have to keep up with the Joneses and try to say, oh, look at my big house. No, who cares? Right? Yeah. And But when you get to that point, you start realizing you can see the level of people's consciousness in comments yes. on social media. Yes. Just read through comments and it's like it just shows where their level is at. And the higher a person goes, they don't even comment anymore and they don't get offended by anybody's comments. Yes. You can just look at somebody and go, well, I understand where you're at. Yes. I get it. Well, to me, that lends validity to that person also that's talking and then maybe they'll start believing listen guys don't be afraid don't you don't have to be afraid of dying you don't have to be afraid of aliens the thing is you will never really die your body dies you'll never cease to exist right and and getting that point across is something that um i'm really passionate about so now let me ask you this you've always had abilities but when you had your near-death experience i think it enhanced them so what can you do like if somebody were to call you for a reading what do you do for them well my i don't do speaking readings because i'm an automatic writer oh okay okay i I find yeah i do all my readings by email so that's i can just do them in my own time and it comes through my fingers. It's always come through my writing. That's been that. like that from day one. I love that. I will quite often just write something down on, on a piece of paper. Out of the blue, I'll write something down and then I put it away. And I go back and read it later on. And I'm like, did I even write that? It's wow. It's not me. It's coming through me. So um, when somebody emails me for a reading, doesn't matter where in the world they live, I ask for a photo of them because – it's, I don't even really look at the photo. I look at the photo to start with, but all it is for me is a clarification that's the person. Right? Okay. I also want to make sure I've got the right person. So the photo for me is I've got the right person. Okay. And then I just I type. I used to write them all out years ago, but yeah. now I type them all out, so it's still coming through my fingers. Right. And when I'm doing a reading where I am connecting to somebody that's passed away, I'm connecting now. This is something else that's very different. When I used to do them, say, 20 years ago, if, mm-hmm. 
I was connecting to somebody that had passed away. I would be somebody that would say, oh, they liked to play the guitar and they liked this certain song by John Lennon of the Beatles. And I would do a connection where I could see the life that they had. But as I have raised my vibration, I am now picking up a higher level from the person that's passed. So now I'm getting information about they could understand an argument they had with somebody that was alive and why they felt that way. Oh, wow. So it's gone past like the materialistic stuff that you have here and it's into the emotions of that person now. Oh, wow. And that's so funny because I interview so many psychic mediums and I tell you, I love the fact that everybody, it's like a fingerprint. Every single psychic medium does it differently. That's what I love. That's what I think is so amazing. It depends on the level we're at. Yes. Because I know when I was 20 and 30 and I was doing readings and what I was seeing for people, I am on a totally different level now. Well, I think you're just more evolved. Yeah, exactly. Just like growing up or anything else, you start really tapping into it. And I'm not saying you weren't right back then. You were probably very right. But now you can maybe tell them, you could expand on things. Do they ask you just normal, general questions? Do you encourage them to ask specific questions or what do you encourage them to ask? I don't encourage anything. I say you do what you want to do. So some people will ask me specific questions because they really want to know about that and then other people say just tell me anything just a prediction reading is tell me anything that's coming up and and I just get I get about 2,800 to 3,000 that's about the average amount of words that I get so it's about four pages and I'm a writer that's a lot you know what fascinates me when I push send and it will land in their inbox And they will write back five minutes later and go, oh, I've just read the reading. Thank you. And I'm like, you couldn't have read it and absorbed it that quick. (laughs) There's no way. I know. Because honestly, that's like a... Just go back and take your time to breathe and read it slowly. Because there's so much information in there. That's like 15 pages, maybe. Yeah, some people are in a real hurry. Like, oh, I've just read all that. That's really great. But (laughs) And then I get the other people that say, I read it. And then I waited a week and I read it again. And then in six months' time, I read it again. And so much is still unfolding for me. Six months later, they're still getting vital information that they need. And see, that is the magic of what you do and how you do it. That's fantastic. Because it's written, they can refer back. I've had people that have been 15 years have been regular clients every year. You know, every year they'll buy a reading. Once one a year and it's like a prediction one. Yeah. And they keep them all. And one lady said to me, I can read it. And you know what? In four years' time, even though things have happened that you said, I'm still getting vital information out of that four years after the original reading. Now, if you do a speaking one, if I was speaking to somebody and there was no record of it, that person can walk away and try to remember what I said. And then in six months' time, they'll put other things in there that weren't actually there. And in four years' time, they would have forgotten what I said. Exactly. But let me ask you this, though, Vicky. You said you had a few predictions. So share some of the predictions you have for uh, maybe people in the United States or the world, whatever. Well, one recently I kept seeing somebody called John, which I felt was somebody that was going to be quite prominent around the next leader. Oh, really? The next voting time. I don't know who the candidates are. I didn't see Joe Biden and I didn't see Donald Trump. Okay. Um, It was someone called John. And, and of course, there's a lot of conspiracy people out there that were writing on my page going, John, John. And no, that man died, unfortunately. (laughs) I have this big thing about, you know, like Michael Jackson's coming back and Princess Diana. 
No, they died. Oh. They really did die. I know. It's like, and come on, people. <laughs> like, I'm like, why would, a, why would a mother do that to her children? Why would she fake her own death and hide somewhere where I... no one in the whole entire world could find her and she wouldn't see her children? Like, how many yeah. people could keep that a secret? Like, right. none of that makes any sense to me. I know, but they insist. Some of these really hard conspiracy yeah. theorists, they go crazy. But so, so you got the John. What else do you got for me? Yeah. Around the world, like globally, I have seen where we won't have exchange rates between countries anymore. Ooh. So the way it was shown to me was like the number 20 for me will be the number 20 for you will be the number 20 for someone in China will be the number 20 for someone in Russia. It's like money loses its value and it's just a number. So when we, we can transfer everywhere around the world, there won't be exchange rates. And to me, that will make countries not feel like they are richer than another country. Okay, okay. Because we will all be equal. And I have seen more of a digital system okay. where we have a token rather than cash. Mm. It would make travelling a lot easier for people. There won't be exchange rates. Yes. Just lately, I was doing a one on Parkinson's disease. Mm. Uh, so what happens is, so two years ago, I had a vision of a procedure mm. or a treatment, a treatment being done for Parkinson's disease, and it was reversing it. Oh, wow. So the person that had it was able to live a good life again. Mm. Then as it got closer, it was only about a month ago, it came up again. It, it pops into my head like Parkinson's, and it stays in my head for the whole day. I have to talk about it. Yeah. And I felt like it was getting closer. Well, it was only probably two weeks after I did that post, the Swedish have come up with a gut bacteria that they are just about 100% sure causes Parkinson's disease. So now that they're on that, yeah, they're on that path, they can work on reversing it. Yes. It's funny you say that because it seems like I've heard something to that effect. I don't know the whole story and I've heard they're working on brain cancers now, but they're working on other cancers through immunotherapy. But my issue is with all this is that let us have access to this. Don't gatekeep this and keep us on chemo. Let's start doing this instead of chemo if it really, really works. But I think they make so much money on people when they're sick on chemo and everything else that this immune, and I'm not saying it, immunotherapy works on all cancers or the vaccines or whatever they have for the cancers, but still let, let's do this worldwide instead of gatekeeping it because, uh, or it's going to cost so much money you couldn't afford it anyway. I just wish we could not, I just wish the cost of living in this world wouldn't cost us so much. Yes. Yeah. I've seen a crash or something like a stock market crash, but I thought that was already would have happened by now, but yeah. See, I don't, I'd never do timing. I just see it and I wait for it. And that could happen in six months. It could happen in two years. You know, you don't know. But the thing is, we have it on recording now. So I can go back and go, look, Vicky was right. (laughs) (laughs) When I put them onto the internet, like I'll do a TikTok and I'll put a prediction up there and I just wait. And the minute it comes out in the news, my inbox is full of people that have been watching me and they'll go, you got it. Here, look, look, look. You know, and what you should do is just replay that actual video and then just, you know, and stitch yourself or something like that. Do it yourself. And I tell you what, you make people understand, guys, this is real. I'm not some kind of, you know, person imitating some kind of proof. People need proof. They do need proof. And I understand that. But Vicki, let me ask you this. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? Just through my email, which is info at vickibuttonpsychic.com. Or my website, which is www.vickybuttonpsychic.com. And I'm on 
TikTok as Vicky Button Psychic. I'm on Instagram, Vicky Button Psychic, uh, Facebook, YouTube. My YouTube channel is really growing. It's going really well because nice. I talk, I do good long half hour talks on there, not just about psychic stuff, but I actually did this, talked about this, about being in the bathroom. Yeah. So many people in the bathroom get downloads while in the bathroom. Yes. Yes. They were doing their hair, putting makeup on, having a shower, being in the water, and they start connecting to yes. source while yes. they're in that space and getting solutions to problems or getting a thought that, you know, oh, I've got to go and do that so that it'll fix this other problem. Exactly. No, I agree with you. And so what we'll do is I'll add all of your information on my show notes. And Vicky, you have been fantastic as usual. I'm telling you, you're you're so fun to talk to. And you're just so personable and you're on the other side of the whole world right now. It's winter where you are in Australia. It's freezing, yeah. freezing cold. I know. And I'm like, it's 100 degrees in Dallas. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's actually not quite that hot yet, but it's going to be. But thank you so much for coming back on my show. And like I said, I adore you. Yes. Thank you so much for inviting me again. I love talking to you. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.